I think my mom had some kind of form of mental illness and just some problem. But you don't know that when you're a kid. I mean, how do you explain that? And she had some things happen in her life that was really causing her problems. She told me from ever since I was growing up that she never liked me and used to tell me that I was her biggest mistake of her life. And she blamed me for everything in the house. I got plenty for everything that happened to my brothers and sisters. And she just did this until, until I ran away. She got rid of me. And, and I thought she just hated me, And but then she turned on each one of my sisters one at a time. Steven Bergazzi is an internationally acclaimed comedian and motivational speaker with over 25 years of stage experience. He's performed throughout the U.S., Canada, England, and Australia as director of student services program for Tennessee's Secondary School Athletic Association. Steven speaks to thousands of students each year using his magic show to communicate to today's youth how drugs, alcohol, and tobacco can affect their lives. He's coming to Germantown Baptist Church for the annual 2018 Outdoor Expo and Wild Game Dinner. Ron McSwain's with us. Ron, is it time again for this big expo? Yeah, it is. And uh, can you believe that we've actually uh, done this for more than 20 years? I was just thinking, we've been a part of that, promoting it over the years. Right. And most of those, I was just reflecting back over some of the ones we've had in the past. We've had pro bass fisherman Clay Dyer, pro bass fisherman Randy Howell. We've had Hank Howell who has Kingdom Dog Ministries, and then Rocky and Jamie Burris with Sweet Addiction Hunting and Outfitters TV. So you've had all these outdoor folks, and now you're bringing a comedian and a magician. Well, they may throw him out the door. No, I'm not. I'm just teasing. Uh, What would you say, Stephen? Stephen's on the phone right now. That don't make any sense to me. (laughs) (laughs) Stephen, welcome to Bot Radio here in Memphis. Great, great, great. And I'm really looking forward to this. I'm going to be just as surprised as everybody else that I'm there. Let's also mention that we have in the studio with us Tom Sampson and also Kevin Anderton. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Glad you're here, too. Thank you. Good to be here. Have you participated in some of the outdoor expos in the past? We have. I've participated for about the last five years, but although my uh, my contribution has mainly been the cooking end of it. so um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Now, i got to stop you right here. Tom, are you the one who makes those famous duck derbs? We do the uh, duck derbs. This year we'll be doing a little over 6,000 duck derbs. I think that number just keeps going up and up, Ron. I'm telling you, it amazed me. So what's the secret ingredient besides duck to make these things taste so good? Well, we wrap them in bacon, and uh, and then we smoke them. This year we're going to actually be smoking them over hickory, and uh, they're going to hopefully improve the taste this year. Now, we have somebody who has food in his blood. Kevin Anderton from the famous Anderton's restaurant that my grandparents love to go to. Unfortunately, the restaurant is no longer in business, but for how many years was your family business running? It was really one side of our family, kind of my, my, through my uncle's line, but it started, my great-grandfather started that in '46. And his grandson, Robert, closed it when he got cancer in the early 2000, I believe 2004, 2005 time yep. frame. So, uh, yeah, we've food's always been a big part of, of what we do. And uh, So what's your part in the Expo? Are you making sure there's food quality here? Or? Well, I've been part of it for the last, goodness gracious, seven or eight years, I guess. And, uh, you know, we will actually, we'll have about 20 volunteers come uh, early next week, starting Tuesday, and prepare food because it takes a lot to to prepare the, the, the food, cutting the, the duck and the deer. We, we'll have elk, we'll have pheasant, we'll have some of everything, and prepare that for that many people so that it's fresh during the day of the event, and the food will just be tremendous. 
somebody has to shoot those ducks and clean those deer, too. Is that your job, Ron? No, sir. <laughs> <laughs> well, Stephen, as I mentioned, you are an internationally acclaimed comedian, and one time used to put clown makeup on, too, didn't you? That's a long time ago. I have a son who does comedy. He's, like, uh, been on The Tonight Show nine times. He has two comedy specials and a Netflix special. You're talking about Nature's uh, son. comedy album is called Yelled At by a Clown. He makes a lot of money off me, too. But, yeah, I started at Opryland Theme Park as Yo-Yo the Clown. Apparently, I yelled at my son a lot when I was young. <laughs> but it's very difficult to be yelled at by a clown because <laughs> you don't know if they're angry or not. they got that smile painted on their face. It's it's quite confusing of what's going on when all that happens. But, uh, yeah, I started off as the clown. Just to, I have I was attacked by a bulldog when I was young, and I have real bad speech problems, especially for a long time growing up. And at first, the clown makeup gave me the courage to get up in front of people and, you know, start trying to do this. And I would meet people all the time. They would just go, man, this, this is great. You have a great clown voice. How do you do it? And I would tell them, you have to get a dog and stick it on your face. <laughs> Uh, but other than that, then it's okay. You know, that's interesting about clowns. A lot of the restaurants, some of them still do, they'll have clown night or kids' night, and they'll have a clown come. Yeah. And back when my boys were little, my youngest son was about two, two and a half years old. We went to one of these family nights at a restaurant, and there was a clown there. And this clown came up from behind him, and when he turned his face and saw this bright clown in his face, I mean, he let out a curling scream that the whole restaurant could hear back in the kitchen. I had to take him outside. He would not go back in that restaurant, Stephen. Matter of fact, he was traumatized so bad by clowns. Well, I had an aunt who, sometimes you get older, your hair kind of turns red or purple. She can't help that. She wasn't trying to be a clown, but he couldn't even stand to be around her because of her hair. And later, we moved to the island of Guam. We're missionaries with a radio ministry. The church we attended, our pastor's wife had gone to clown college, and she had a clown ministry in the church, and my son, who hated clowns all his years, got involved with the clown ministry and was going out and using it to share the gospel. Yeah, it was an awesome, great ending. Now, I thought that was a sad story there. Yeah, it turned out. You turned that around. It turned out good. Well, listen, what came first for you, comedy or magic? Uh, you know what? That's a, that's a tough question. But, but uh, I always tell my uh, magician friends, because it's a big argument on them, do you want to be a comedian or call yourself a magician? I can make more money as a comedian. Uh, the magicians, uh, some people, they put you in that box of thinking, well, then he's a magician. I wish my kids were here. Or do you do birthday parties and all that kind of stuff? Where a comedian, you know, okay, that's for an adult. I do a, a, a magic for adults, and I do comedy along with it. Uh, so uh, if I had to pick, I would pick probably the comedian just because you can, like I said, you can get more jobs that way than yeah. telling people you're a magician. I sub in Vegas. I I still do all that, the Magic Castle, but I, I, I do these school shows with Tito Chevrolet. So that's probably about 75% of my time. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm, I still go out and still do represent the, the magician. I won the world championship in Magic in the year 2000. And so there's some responsibilities that go along with that that I have to do in the magic community. I keep pretty busy. I, li- I like both. But if I had to pick between a really good trick or a really good uh, gag or joke, I would take the gag. Stephen, do you feel that comedy might have helped you to cope with growing up in an alcoholic home, which what you did? Well, you know what? It, uh, 100%. Uh, for me and my brothers and, and my sisters, we all are they're all funny. And, and that's just what we did. I mean, that's what, what do you do? You just 
we just we get together and we just laugh about it. And I mean, it's it's sad, you know, going up in that part and stuff. It's, but uh, this just makes it the only way to cope with it. God gives you the ability to laugh and 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 smile and and make other people laugh. I think some of the funniest people uh, are people that had tough grow, growing up life and stuff like that. I, I once saw a guy on an actor, I don't remember his name on TV, and he was in a comic movie, and they asked him, they said, you're very funny, you should be a comedian. And he said, I can't, because I had normal family. My parents were normal. You I hear the stories of comedians' on. lives that so many of them, like Chris Farley, that really can make you laugh on the screen, but when you look at their personal lives or the things that happened in their lives early years, it's so right. sad. I mean, talk about some of those worst memories for you. What are some of the memories that you have from that experience? Well, you know, I think my mom had some kind of form of mental illness and just some problems. But you don't know that when you're a kid. I mean, how do you explain that? And she had some things happen in her life that was really causing her problems. She told me from ever since I was growing up that she never liked me and used to tell me that I was her biggest mistake of her life. And she blamed me for everything in the house. I got punished for everything that happened to my brothers and sisters. And she just did this until, until I ran away. She got rid of me. and. And I thought she just hated me, and but then she turned on each one of my sisters one at a time until she got rid of everybody. She just couldn't live with people. And uh, my dad just didn't do any, you know, he was just drinking all the time. That's just the way he just didn't want to pay attention to it. And he would have to beat her hammer every once in a while, you know, when she had too much, then he would step in, and that's when some of the physical abuses were what happened. But, you know, I really feel sorry for my mom, and I understand, and he does with the way she was brought up. Yeah, and sometimes some of our parents are broken. You know, they didn't they didn't learn how to be good parents. And the, the sad thing with me as a Christian, I I know, and I always tell one thing I tell the kids: our, your parents. We I love my daughter more than anything, but I'm not the best in communicating to her how much I love her because I didn't know how to do it. I want to, I'm just not good at it. And they got to help me. And I really encourage the kids to to get to know their parents and ask questions about their family and their life and stuff like that because you're never going to regret getting to know them better and what it was their life what it was like like the kid so many parents especially people my age it just wasn't done that way i mean parents didn't talk to you and, and you didn't have the way the kids are brought up today and stuff that's so true So in so many ways it's not i have to be really careful on the things i have in common with my dad and because of the way i was brought up but what makes us different is is how I'm different from him. That all comes through Christ. Exactly, and we're going to move into that too in just a minute, but I want to stop here and kind of bring these gentlemen into the conversation a minute because broken families, and we have plenty of broken families right here in the Memphis, Mid-South area, gentlemen, and that's really why Germantown Baptist Church is putting on this expo. Yeah, it's fun. It's a fun place to go, but it's a way for families to come together. Many of them who are messed up and broken. Isn't that right, Ron? That's right. The ones that are, even in churches that are broken, there's a lot of broken families there. But our purpose for having this event is not only to have a good time and great food and great entertainment and great door prizes and all those things, but it's to reach out to the unchurched and unsaved people. There are many unchurched men, especially, that would come to an event like this that wouldn't darken the door of a church if you invited him to come there. At this event, everyone's going to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and have an invitation to accept him and be saved. Tom, you mentioned you've been a part of this for the past five years. What are some of the highlights for you and your involvement and, and what you've seen as people have interact together 
at the expo. Well, one of the things that we try to do at, uh, at Germantown Baptist Church, number one, is uh, most of these expo dinners or wild game dinners basically involve the men. And what we've tried to do is encourage our whole community, the whole family, to come and enjoy this. So we've uh, broadened our scope of vendors and even our food. We're going to have uh, chicken fingers there and, and chicken nuggets for the kids. We try to involve the whole family uh, to bring this community in there and have an opportunity to to hear about the Word of God that they probably won't hear in their own home. Kevin, do you have any stories where you've seen this expo break people together or something stands out to you about it? We have. You know, we've done it for so many years now, and part of what this does is, is bridges cultures. Hunting and outdoors is such a popular part of the Southern culture that we're able to reach a lot of people. We've had testimonies come from this thing because we've had TV personalities, people on the Outdoor Channel, and uh, I thought the guy with, with the dog ministry that, that Hank. was there, few, Hank was there. Hank Huff was there a few years ago, and we've had people uh, make a profession of faith and then come to church. and So it's been very successful, but it, it, it's a laid-back atmosphere. It's, I don't want anybody to think, all right, I'm going to come to this thing and I'm going to be preached at. That's not the goal. We want you to expose everybody just to, to come in Christian fellowship. We're going to have great food. We're going to share stories. But you're going to see a gospel message, and Steve Bargatze is going to be doing a lot of that, tying that into his magic and his comedy routine so that we can kind of bridge those gaps and people People won't be afraid of coming church-like. People have a, a connotation of, I don't want to become churchy. So we're able to kind of bridge those cultures there. That's a good word, Kevin. Stephen, back to your story, such a traumatic and hard childhood, which you had to face in your family. When did God and the reality of what Christ did on the cross become alive in your life? Yeah, you know I grew up Roman Catholic. My, at least my family did. And they, they weren't even very good Catholics, but they made us go to Catholics. Stuff to, so uh, I can have the nuns and the priests help her raise us. I had some great nuns and great priests in my life, but I was in special ed because of my speech, taking special classes. And, and when you're Catholic, you have to be confirmed. You have to get a confirmation name, and it has to be a name from the Bible. And I, and I didn't really think about this, and my parents didn't help me, so I show up at school, and we're going to be confirmed that day, and you have to meet the bishop. And this kid was picking on me because he was going, you're stupid, you don't know no name. It had to be a name out of the Bible, and the only name I knew was Jesus, and I didn't think they were going to let me have that one. So I was sitting there, and he was making fun of me, and I just kind of looked up, and there was a statue of Mary and Joseph, and I go, oh. I was smart enough not to be Mary. I go, I'm going to be Joseph. And this kid goes, you know what? You're stupid. You just said that because of that statue. And he was like 100% right. But there was a little nun there, and she goes, you know, there's more than one Joseph in the Bible. And I go, you know what? I was talking about that other one, <laughs> not having any idea who the other one was. But then to grow up, and, and I got kicked out of my home and ran away, and I ended up here in Nashville, Tennessee. And when I got to Nashville, I had my first cousin. My dad's brother never took a drink in his life, and he raised his kids in a good Christian church and family. And, and he was his son. He was coaching at Vanderbilt University, and he was on a recruiting trip. Uh, up in uh, in my area, and he heard I was living on the streets, and he just came and picked me up and said, you're coming home with me, and he took me all the way to Nashville from Louisville, Kentucky. It was like my Egypt. I was being Joseph. For me to look back at my life, I see God has been in my life the whole time. Without me really having that relationship with him, he had been there forever. My cousin got me to go, and I ended up going to school, and he made me finish high school, then even got me to college, at Rebecca Nazarene College. Which is also in Nashville. Uh, was, yes, sir. Yes, sir. 
Yeah, he was coaching at Vanderbilt, and then he went and started coaching there about the time I came. He had left Vanderbilt about the time I got where I could actually get into a college. And then he did a deal with them, and they took me as a student. And, uh, again, it just shows you that I thought, when you first became a Christian, I thought, well, you have to be a preacher. And it was really funny because I was in, when I was over there, I had some professor. I was still stammering and stuttering really bad. And uh, he said that, you know, that I'm not sure God would call you to be a preacher with the way you talk and stuff like that. And I didn't, again, I didn't know the Bible, so I didn't know that Moses, Moses wore a veil over his face, because I think he was a spitter, too. I think that was part of the problem. <laughs> and uh, But uh, I didn't know that well enough, so I thought, well, God can't use me as a preacher. And, I mean, I just thought, if you become a Christian, you have to be a preacher. I also had a pastor that told me that magic was evil, and I had to get it, so I quit. That was the only thing I did to make people, kids like me or, or to do, was I would be able to do magic tricks and tricks. And uh, so I even gave all that up to be a preacher, and then I found out I couldn't be a preacher, then got, I, I shouldn't be one. So I decided to get into youth ministry, and being with the special ed background, that was perfect. You know, I fit in there great. So it, it was it. But for me to look back at my life, I, I don't regret any of this stuff. I, I can see the guy was with me the whole time. And I know now that I minister and I get to do things that a pastor might not ever get to do. I mean, like I said, I was in Vegas two weeks ago, and I do my show, and it's going to be the same show that they see Saturday night. It's the same show if they came and saw me in Las Vegas. They're seeing the same show. I don't clean anything up for churches. or I don't dirty it up for Vegas. I'm the same guy there. Christ is with me in Vegas as he is here. And then, uh, you know, I, I meet so many people. Everybody, I, everybody thinks Vegas when you work there is so different. It's just people from all over the U.S. And you show most of the people are not from Vegas anyway in the audience. But I meet so many people that just come up afterwards and just say, I know that I can feel Christ in you and, and all that. And we just get a great time and sharing and just how great it is that we can be clean, we can have fun, and we can love the Lord and, and, and be entertaining. Well, Stephen, with all the crazy things happening in our world and the hang-ups we as humans find ourselves trapped, how do you see that your comedy and magic opens the door to speak into the real issues of life? That's a, you know, I wish I knew all those great answers, but I, I just think that I'm, a, I'm just a regular person. I'm not that, I don't, not necessarily, sometimes as a pastor you think, well, that's, the, that's his job, that's what he's supposed to do. Well, I have a job. My job is comedy and magic and, and working, but I'm also a minister. I'm also part of the same thing as this pastor. I'm working for the same thing. God's going to use my talent in a different way, and that's what, hopefully that's what the people see. Say, oh, wow, this guy can do that, and if God can use someone as dumb as Stephen, then he might be able to use me and what we do. We all, we're not all called to be preachers or pastors, uh, but I mean, we all called to be ministers. Well, Stephen, you've been performing for a long time. How do you challenge yourself and stay fresh with new ideas without telling the same jokes always, using the same magic tricks? I mean, is there a formula you have? That's where me and my son is so different. It's comedy today is so different than it was when I grew up. When I grew up, you did one act, and you did that most of your life. You know, it's, it's very difficult. My tricks are like my children in that it's hard for me to replace one sometimes. So if you take it out, then people go, oh, I wanted you to do that. You should have done this. And I come on, you know, so I like doing it. I work, I work with a lot of young magicians and other people's acts. I've helped people that gone on American Got Talent, like I'll go and work with a kid and give them some of my stuff. 
or different versions of it. So that keeps a lot of fresh. But in my show, I bring a person up almost for every trick. So I do none of the tricks by myself. I got people from the audience. So that keeps it very real and very fresh in my mind because you never know it's never the same show twice yeah it can't be because of the people that i pick on the people make it that way i don't get tired of it or anything i really enjoy it what's the funniest thing that's happened to you heading to a performance well i don't know i mean i guess as uh, my son as a clown i'm just being caught and i've been in an accident one time and you know and i was dressed up as a clown and you have to wait for the cops to come i mean that's pretty (laughs) wild on the way to one you have to try to explain that this is what especially i had like balloon animals all in this teeth that i was making because i was making them for the party and then i said no sir i wasn't making those why i had that accident (laughs) Uh, so uh stuff like that but the thing that gets me is, is when you go into a uh, also, so many times you go into a show and you think that you're doing adults and you get there and it's all kids. And then and you, if you're not prepared for that, you're in trouble. You have to go, uh-oh. Yeah. Because uh, it's a completely different level of who you're doing it. And it works the opposite, too, where you go and you think you're doing a kid show or something, and you go there and they're all adults. And you go, oh, okay. <laughs> Your son, Nate, you mentioned, is uh, a comedian that mm-hmm. been on various TV shows. Do you and Nate ever collaborate on any material together? Yeah, when, when me and my wife have a big deal, we have a fight on, like, who can get something in his act. He sure does talk about it a lot. He makes a lot of jokes about it, but the, the actual get a joke into his act has been very, very hard. I've gotten about two in, and she's gotten one, <laughs> where we gave him an idea, and he'd be willing to use it. Most of the time, he just laughs and goes, yeah, that's funny. But it never sees the light of day or anything. But my son's a lot like me. He has a really dry sense of humor, and he's just, and he's just a funny kid. He can look up, and the, and the thing about it, he has a Netflix special. It's called The Stand-Up, and you can watch him. He's the first one on it. There's five comedians. He's the first. You can watch him with your pastor and your kids and everybody. 100% clean. It is. I was actually watching him this morning because I wanted to kind of see a little bit about him, and it's very clean. He's very funny. Yeah, that's perfect. You know, and I always tell people, I am more proud that he's clean than I am that he's been on Tonight Show nine times, and or that he has a Netflix special, yeah. two of them. Yeah. And so it means more to me that, you know, that he he works like I do, that, you know, that's the one thing, that, if anything I taught him, Bill, we don't need to be dirty. You don't have to listen to what the world tells you to do. Because I had an agent at one time when I was young that was just saying, you know, if you just got a little dirty, I can get you more work. It's not me. It's not who I am. We appreciate that. I know Germantown Baptist appreciates that, too, when you come to their Outdoor Expo February 24th, Saturday. We've got details to give. Now, also, Stephen, you speak to thousands of students each year with magic with a message. Explain how you connect these two. Well, basically, you know, I learned from Andre Cole. I don't know if you guys know Andre Cole, yeah. He's one of the first illusionists I've ever seen. He came to yeah, Bellevue Baptist was- Church back in the early 80s, I believe. Right, right. Well, he's the, he's the one really helped me to get to where I'm at because I had given up magic because I thought it was wrong and you couldn't connect the two with uh, with the gospel and you know and 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 then doing magic tricks and and I went and saw him and I just realized why well, he did such a great job and what he did well he had a formula I, I saw him more than once he 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 did he would only do one trick or one time where he actually shared the message. He just did a really good magic show, and then then he would earn the right to be heard, and then he would tell his story and give people a chance if you wanted to hear it or not. And but basically, that's what I've done with the high school. Now I, you know, with the TWSA, I'm not allowed to say Christ or Jesus, 
it's a, it's a shame that they, they've taken God out of so many uh, schools. But you can say God. I can say God as part of my testimony, and, and I do that. And so I earn the right to be heard with the magic. You mentioned Andre Cole. Uh, back when he came to town, there was a little lady in our church. She probably was in her 80s. Miss Brown was her name. Sweet little lady. She saw the advertisement with Andre, and he was kind of had a ball of fire coming out of his hand, you know. She was just offended. She said, well, there shouldn't be fire in the church. I had a chance to share that with Steve Brown. He's a Bible teacher one time. And Steve said, well, we need more fire in the church, you know. So, Amen. But, uh, hey, listen. Once you packed it all up after performing at the Outdoor Expo at Germantown, what do you hope will have been accomplished more than anything when you're leaving? Yeah, that they don't see me, they see Christ. You know, that's the one thing. I'm not there for my glory or my or anything like that. It's all for His. And just to know that we're all part of the same thing. And, you know, it's not going to be me. It's what Ryan, it's what, it's what the church already has done. It's all I mean, these guys have already been praying for this event. And we have all this stuff going on, and it's just they see that God was involved in that night. That's a good word, Stephen. Okay, Kevin, give us some details. What's going to happen on Saturday, February 24th? What time, where? Uh, the doors open at 4 o'clock. We'll have uh, exhibitors and vendors, and we'll have a bow range for kids to shoot bows and things like that. And then the uh, dinner will be served at 6, and shortly after that we'll have tons of door prizes. And shortly after that and during the dinner, that's when Stephen will perform for us. So uh, it'll be a great time ahead by all. And also, Tom, I believe there's a lot of hands-on activities, too, for the kids and families to get involved with, right? Uh, we do have some hands-on activities, like the uh, bow and arrow shooting the uh, the archery booth. There'll be several others along with that. They'll be able to climb in the boat, get a feel for fishing. Okay, Ron, we've got to get tickets, too. Go to the website. What should folks do? Go to the website, germantownbaptist.org backslash outdoor expo. The tickets are $15 in advance, $20 at the door. Children 12 and under are $5. Any other details that folks need to know about about this year's expo? Just be there. I really like the stressing. The entire family is invited. We even have a separate room set aside for parent-accompanied small kids that's just full of games for two hours during the expo period from 4 to 6. Stephen Bergazzi, thank you so much for coming to our area February 24th, Saturday, and doing your magic and your comedy. All right, I'm looking forward to this. Also want to thank you for what you do for Christ's kingdom. Tom, Kevin, thank you so much for coming by. I got to taste those duck derves, Tom. Well, we'll have them. You come right on down there. We, <laughs> Many we, you we'll won't. be cooking. They go pretty fast, though, don't they? Uh, not 6,000. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to save them back. <laughs> None of these are frozen from last year, are they? No, thank you. No, these are all fresh. We know that. Okay, guys, thank you so much, Ron. Always a pleasure to see you, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate WCRV. Friends, that's all the time we have on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.